0: Welcome to the Two Marketeers Podcast, where marketing swashbucklers Sean and Lindsay seek to demystify the fascinating world of modern marketing.
1: Each episode takes listeners on a storytelling adventure that informs, entertains, and inspires marketing enthusiasts of all kinds.
0: And now, here are your hosts, the two marketeers themselves, Sean Patrick and Lindsay.
1: Wah. Yeah! Woo! Check this thing. Hey. Heidi Ho. Hey, How are you?
0: <laughs> we came. Heidi Ho, neighbor?
1: I, oh my gosh. Speaking of neighbor, I read a headline this morning that said brands should stop treating people like they're stalking them, but more like neighbors.
0: Oh, okay. That's even creepier. So the stalker is moving in next door? Is that what we're. That's what I take from it.
1: Hey. <laughs> that's you. I'm following you through paid media. <laughs>
0: I noticed. You'll be over the back fence. So I've been looking at your Instagram. Are you
1: interested in this rug? Are you going to buy this rug? I've been asking you if you're going to buy this rug for the last six months <gasps> oh on every channel you go on. You're not buying my rug.
0: Is that because I'm having rug issues? Like, Are you? I, d-
1: no, this is a real experience for Yeah, me
0: too. Because <laughs> we were looking for some rugs based on our renovations and now I'm just like I don't even want a rug anymore. I I'm fuck looking the rug. for new
1: rugs based on my new home. And now I'm also like, well, looks like we're going rugless. I can't go down this path with these people. Like, yeah,
0: like enough. I'm being
1: stalked by something that covers my floor.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't it's even just, know.
0: That's not even metaphor. You can't even make a metaphor. It is the metaphor.
1: It's literally covering the floor and it's stalking me on Instagram. Uh, an email. It's getting a little desperate with the promo codes, I'm not gonna lie. I okay. can't I can't buy it right now, okay? I don't know which one I want.
0: So I I I kind of had an op- an eye-opener after last episode where you were like the you know, wellness industrial wellness complex? Inter- yeah, this so? wellness industrial complex, and it's really all over the place. And you know, it's pervasive on Instagram, but I'm like, yeah, you see, I don't really know, that? And then I just noticed <laughs> like I had forgot. I'm like, it's everywhere. It's ridiculous.
1: Like the wellness industrial complex is everywhere?
0: Well, yeah. Like, well, I hate to say that because that puts everything into it, but it's just like it's fitness especially and these crazy tricks. It's just like crazy stuff, whether it's testosterone or it's this or it's that, or you think running's good. Well, it's not. You should stand on your head for 10 minutes. And it's like, you know, fuck off.
1: I don't even know what to believe.
0: Well, I don't care like, what I believe.
1: Every morning I wake up and it's like, this 20 minutes going to blast more fat. And I'm like, is it? Like I, I'll do it. <laughs> I've been on a wellness it's journey like... for the last 47 years and I'm only 39. <laughs> so it's been long.
0: I think it's like dog years. I think wellness years are, are definitely a multiple. I think I've lived 50 wellness years. Um, I am fifty one, but I think I've only really been in wellness for about ten years, so it's about fifty years of it. So,
1: <laughs> are you better yet?
0: All fixed.
1: Are you jacked yet?
0: Yeah, you didn't are see you my jacked Instagram. And skinny yet? Yeah, you didn't see my Instagram.
1: <laughs> oh no, I'll go look at it. I'm gonna go like no, it right now.
0: I didn't do anything. <laughs> I'm beautiful inside, Lindsay, and I'm just like okay with that.
1: You are enough. Can I tell you that? Oh,
0: yeah. I'm more th- Many will say I'm too you much. You are
1: too much. Yeah, <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> you're actually more than we need I'm th- right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've been told that. I That's been the parting ways of some of my employers. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We think you're great. A little, you know, you have so much to offer. We just think it's a little too much.
1: We're going to scale back on how much of it we're purchasing from you with your salary at this time
0: <laughs> scale back does that mean zero yes Thank it you does for
1: unless you'd like to pay us to continue to work here <laughs> which is also an option but we'd like also like to scale that back
0: <laughs> once again too much okay <laughs> Ah, oh, it's a beautiful, it's a not so beautiful, it's an eh, eh, April day. We all, I think we all forget that April, you know, it's why they say April showers bring may flowers because it's just a nice way of saying eh, April.
1: Eh, it's gonna you know? be garbage, just look, wait for the flowers,
0: right? May, maybe June. Hello, right? Oh,
1: yeah, June. we had one Hello. June day last weekend and that was amazing. And then there was also <coughs> snow, ah, that day. it was a May day. <laughs> Mayday. It's gonna be May. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Whitney? Justin Timberlake, man. Oh, oh. That yeah. isn't that the one that surfaces every end of every April on every social media platform you've ever seen in your whole life, where everyone's like, "It's time for this to come out," and they're like, "It's gonna be May."
0: I know. See, you just you've keep never me seen current. this. No.
1: Goodness sakes.
0: No. All right. You good, Lindsay?
1: I'm feeling medium, so let's do it. I'm not not bad. <laughs> I'm excited about this topic. Let's hit it. This is going to okay. be awesome. Okay,
0: good. All right, today's topic is uh, celebrating some amazing work. Uh, I wouldn't say it's awards. It's just calling out some great work. Um <laughs>
1: Sean forgot what we're talking about
0: Today Celebrating is
1: Celebrating This change in Artworks It may have Azul And Happy birthday <laughs> <laughs> Sean those are just words It's not, a, it's not a Azul together.
0: <laughs> Thank you for the best line by Kristen Wiig ever Azul
1: I knew you would know that
0: I could go on. In I'd like contest.
1: to <laughs> Le <Col> and Burrito. <laughs>
0: as we say, as Burrito con extra fajitas. All right. <clears throat> We're here to talk about um, an email that I got and... Kind of made me think of a little, I told you so, Lindsay led, but I joined in on. And we've often said, you know, hey, brands can make some false steps. It's the beauty of a brand. If You do it well, it, you just write your way, be honest about it, and move forward. Um, brand being work, which uh, W.A.R.C. is uh, definitely um, a little bit of a mecca for strategists like us. And the We love uh, work. We, we love we
1: work. We love us some good work.
0: Uh, they had come out a few months ago with sort of like this report in absence of much other reports. And we didn't notice the report so much as we noticed, uh, an agency blasting their <laughs> report because it was kind of saying, you know, taking all of the stats we have this year and we're going to tell you where marketing spend is going to go. And it was, you know, it was blasted by the industry and we kind of called it out saying like right now people don't need, that's not true. It's not even real information. Um, Anyways, the last couple of months, they've been talking about what they call their work rankings were coming out. Anyways, uh, an email came last week, and they sent an email that says, discover the truth behind the extraordinary. And um, basically, what they say is, it may not come as a surprise that this year's work rankings are no ordinary work rankings. They couldn't be. 2020 threw a lot at our industry, and with feedback from our advisory board, we heard loud and clear... That now is not the right time to focus on winners or positions on a table.
1: Thank you.
0: You're welcome.
1: We agree.
0: The postpone wait, re- I agree.
1: We agree, right? I agree. Oh, wait,
0: absolutely.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, wait, do we agree?
0: I think people know. I think all of our listeners, um, you know, all of them know that we pretend to argue, but we always agree. Deep down. Because if we don't agree, you shut it down and we move on.
1: Because then I make us agree. Right. With me.
0: So they talk about the postponed release of our full 2021 work rankings for campaigns, brands, and agencies will take place in Q4 2021. So they postponed the whole thing, um, which was very wise in Q4 2021 when all shows have announced their 2020 results. Whatever. Instead, we want to recognize extraordinary work from both good and bad times and share lessons from them to help rebuild, renew, and recover. Well, that's helpful, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? So then they put together this report. Um, what's the report called, Lindsay?
1: It is called uh, Marketing Through Volatility. Lessons from the Most Awarded Work of 2020.
0: Interesting. Um, And so I I downloaded the report, and we're going to talk about that, because first of all, I want to call out work for writing, I would say, a misstep, um, which is what a good brand does, and they've definitely won their favor back with me, Um, and I, I really like how they're celebrating something, how they're celebrating good work on almost new terms. You know, bigger challenges mean different challenges, and what does good work mean now? Um, We've talked a lot about that. Brands with purpose, brands who listen, brands who behave because they understand the needs that are out there and and how they pivot or reinforce where they came from and and just get going in the right direction. We know that that's what consumers want from brands. They're looking to brands to help lead and help guide. And I think that work is celebrating that. So without further ado... (laughs) Lindsay
1: drum please
0: agency I was going to say agency mistress Is that good? What I call you agency mistress?
1: I feel like that could be accurate. Never heard that before, but okay. okay. Mistress of me, all things agency.
0: <laughs> Fluzen. She's got her when Lindsay got her Juj.
1: She befluge. Take it away. <laughs> what is that even mean? I don't know okay so just looking at this sample report that you can download from that email so again it's called work marketing through volatility lessons from the most awarded work of 2020 so they say in this report provides a sample of three white papers brought to you by work rankings that look at the strategies and approaches of some of the world's most awarded campaigns for the use of creativity media and effectiveness The reports contain commentary, expert opinion, case studies, and interviews with the people behind the most awarded work of 2020. Um, They say the brands and campaigns we focus on are all either highly awarded or were notable in their response to the volatility of the past 12 months. So definitely worth going and downloading and just having a look at this report. We'll share the link in our notes. But I think it's kind of interesting that they highlighted or summarized these eight lessons from the most awarded work of 2020. So I just wanted to share those first before we kind of dive into what we think is a really, really relevant example of a brand doing a great job during the last 12 months, especially with regards to purpose. So I'm just going to read some of these lessons out. So what's your
0: limit? What's your limit? Because I know 62 is too much. So would you say 10 is probably our limit? After you say 10 best things? lessons? Of any, You know, 10 things.
1: You know, I like the tidy three. I know. <laughs> I mean, I can swallow eight lessons, I guess. Sure, that's good. Eight's fine with me. <laughs> okay. So, okay, the first one. Urgency can create a space for innovation. Absolutely. Absolutely. As I well. feel it has
0: to. Right at that tension you talk about.
1: Right. The only thing I'm scared of, of this lesson, is that I don't want brands to now think agencies need to be under the gun all the time <laughs> yeah yeah this isn't an so, agency thing yeah this is the I inside mean, <laughs> this is look
0: inside wouldn't you say it's time to look inside before yes. you yeah uh, that's fair right
1: yeah <laughs> to be like you have two days to turn this broadcast spot around We'll be like no that's not really what they meant
0: because that's but... <laughs> about innovation and we want you we're letting you be innovative
1: yeah think come back in 24 <laughs> hours We'll be like i i i want more time So no true though, especially from the brand side, you know, if you've been doing things the same way for the last five years and now something like this happens, I think a lot of brands have really responded to the need for innovation quickly. So some great things have happened there. This is number two, successful brands retain their authenticity through crisis. Love it. We talk about that all the time. I feel like every episode over the last 12 months for us has really been about authenticity and purpose through crisis. So agreed.
0: That's true of all of us. You know, all these things are sort of, there's industry, but that's just true of people, right? Innovation, when you're under pressure is when you have to think the most innovatively. When uh, when you come out of something, it really is, it shows your character, right? Love it.
1: Yeah. When you're in crisis, your true colors shine through, good or bad, as they say. Yeah um bravery and risk taking is often rewarded flows
0: perfectly from the previous
1: yeah and I how agree. would you say how
0: would you say rewarded
1: uh yeah that's a good question because it uh, totally depends on what it's not what just the sales situation right? is right yeah, yeah yeah
0: what are you trying to do have clear purpose and you will be rewarded accordingly
1: yeah Because a lot of the reward that you take from being brave and standing up for things that you believe in from a brand perspective is like loyalty and love, which may translate into long-term sales, but it may not be the first thing that you see. Mm -hmm. Number four, a strong brand purpose is sustained and consistent.
0: (laughs) I mean, did you say that or was that written by them? (laughs) Lindsay, did you write this? I
1: there was actually seven lessons, and I've inserted my own, <laughs> and now you get to guess which one.
0: As the mistress of agency.
1: <laughs> yeah, like uh, that's so true. You can't just be brand purpose for one, two month campaign and then turn it off, right? It's got to be something that you live every day. Mm-hmm. Number five, there's an opportunity in continued brand investment. I feel like this is probably one of your favorites.
0: Well, I need to get paid. <laughs>
1: Right? Well, you talk about the shift in investment.
0: Yeah. Say it again.
1: There's an opportunity in continued brand investment. Boom. So like you say, not just investing in short-term sales, but investing at the brand level too, as you say, or as they say, reap rewards, right?
0: Yeah. Your brand is never finished. So again, you have to hire people like me and Lindsay (laughs) to make sure it's going. (laughs) Sorry, I don't know why that's funny.
1: Okay. Okay, can't. <laughs> Neither do you. <laughs> uh, okay, number six, customer centricity enables a rapid response to change.
0: It's funny how people have to know that, but yes, they do have to know that. You're right.
1: Yeah. I think customer centricity enables a more accurate rapid response to change. I would say like – right like brands might just not be thinking customer first and be thinking their kind of business first and make rapid changes based on that point of view that just might not be the most effective. It's when you're customer first, customer centric that you're following people's changes in behaviors and attitudes that allows you to make rapid responses that are more relevant to those people when you're super tapped in. I just
0: yes, absolutely. It's just that um what your level of customer centricity, it's such a broad spectrum. And of course, you know, you tell someone, well, we've done all this research and you have to be customer first. And they'll be like, yeah, thanks. But what's the idea? Um, I think it's right. customer centricity is what we always say is put the work in, do the research, have the data that, that confirms you do know who your customer is, what they want, and respond to that. That's customer centricity. Don't have a two-hour session with a creative team and say okay, so uh, our demographic is 35 to 46, they live here and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Okay, so who has ideas? Right? Like, that's the stuff that you can keep doing that. But it's, it's a risk. And not one of the risks they say you need to take.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's like making sure you have the tools and frameworks and point of view in place to be constantly monitoring those things. Yeah, Because I think for us, it's like, Hey, the way I felt in October of 2020 could be totally different than the way that I feel now as we're potentially moving into a new normal and there's some light there. So, like, all of your attitudes, your preferences, everything shifts quite quickly, especially in these times. Yeah. Okay, two more. Seven. 2020 highlights the need for scenario planning and agility. Uh, yeah, <sighs> it did.
0: <laughs> agility, man. It's my word.
1: Yeah. And I also think, like, from our jobs as strategists, scenario planning, I've been through so much scenario planning in the last 12 months where it's like, we need to put the work in on these separate three streams so that when something happens, we are ready to rock. And it's like a very rigorous, detailed, forward thinking type of process. But that's what, like you say, enables people to make those rapid responses to change, which is the agility piece.
0: Well, I think what's so funny is scenario planning is like to user experience which is something that I have had a lot of time in having worked in interactive and what we just call interactive and you know all that stuff user interface stuff um, but what was funny was when you and I started working together again um, you really had gone deep into the journey mapping and it was so great it's what you're so good at um, it's so enlightening but it was sort of like this is great but how do you sell that like I was like okay well, how do I get her into this gig? without them just thinking it's fluff. And now it's like, it has to happen in every project I have. Not even just as it relates to a shopper, but as it it relates to, from a marketing standpoint, a buyer of one of my client's services. uh, It's it's now become the norm, and that would be why Lindsay can't come up for air. Would you say? (laughs) Yes. Like, it's crazy. It's wonderful, but (laughs) you're tired.
1: Yeah, but it's fun.
0: I'll be like Lindsay. I, I could really use your help on this, and she's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Well, I have an hour next month, um, and um,
1: <laughs> but it is all yours, baby.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. You give and you give.
1: Yeah, you get it. Okay, last one. Number eight. Successful media strategies lie on a solid data bedrock.
0: Without question.
1: Yeah, they do. Yes, it's what you do with that data.
0: And what kind of data?
1: Is it data or data?
0: It's either. I flip, process, process. Anyways.
1: Okay, great. So those are the eight lessons from the most awarded work of 2020. Um, So again, we'll leave kind of the link to this sample reporter where you can get it to review them yourselves. But I think we really wanted to dive into one of the examples that they highlight that we've been talking about as well for the last um, little while around creativity through volatility and an example of a brand that's done a really great job of like living their purpose and and bringing that to the forefront in a bold way. So they bring forth the moldy whopper example from Burger King. And what they say here is increasing sales by demonstrating its commitment to providing clean food. So that's what Burger King was doing with their moldy whopper campaign. For anyone who has not seen it, please go and look at all of the content that they've created around it because it's... It's polarizing. People love it or they really hate it.
0: Which is pretty much Burger King's way, right?
1: Which is, that's how you get a response from people. It's not about being like, everyone felt it was medium. No. (laughs) We got a solid
0: three stars.
1: Yeah. By everyone. So nobody remembered. Like, (laughs) so this is what they say. Burger King's Moldy Whopper set the advertising world alight. Love it or hate it, the campaign, which presented fine art photography of Burger King's signature offering in varying states of moldy decay, was not a stunt, but the realization of many years spent improving the brand's food quality, according to Fernando Macado, Burger King's chief marketing officer. So he said it was love at first sight when agency partners David Miami and Ingo Sweden both put forward different versions of this idea several years ago.
0: And then David, they're both agencies, right? David is the name of the agency.
1: Agency partners, yes. David uh, Miami and Ingo, I-N-G-O, Sweden. Got it. So they both put forward different versions of this idea, they say, several years ago, but Burger King was not ready for it. Mikado wanted to wait until the Whopper's ingredients were 100% clean in the U.S., which is its biggest market.
0: Kudos to him. Can we pause? He's like, not authentic yet.
1: Not ready. Yeah. Love it. Great idea. We still have to get there. Good. So finally, the brand pushed forward with the moldy Whopper idea confident in the product's clean credentials. At Burger King, we had reached a really important milestone in our work, which was to have the Whopper 100% clean, meaning no artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives in the U.S. For us to create the impact that we needed, we knew we needed to come up with an idea that would move people out of their comfort zone, off autopilot, and demanded their attention. Exactly. Something (laughs) worth looking at.
0: Attention. Don't get us started. Hey, the attention economy, right? Attention is really hard to get. So how do you do it and keep it even if it's for 30 seconds?
1: Yeah. So they said the moldy whopper was that idea. Burger King wanted to subvert category advertising tropes while underlining it's no artificial ingredients message to differentiate from competitors. Customers expect real food to rot, but we know that it's contradictory to how the restaurant and food industry advertises. So uh, this is so cool because they put the idea in place years ago when they were trying to move towards more of a clean product. They weren't ready to stand behind that uh, as being 100% true. They waited until they had gotten there. So reached that milestone and then brought to life a visually impactful, demanding of attention idea that really helped to showcase that brand value.
0: We did a podcast about this. This is one of our earliest uh, podcasts during podcast camp. Um, And Lindsay called it out when it happened, which, I mean, the podcast happened in February of 2020, correct? That's when you saw it in the drum.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it had just come out. And I remember you saying, you know, it didn't have any results yet. It was really about what kind of reaction was it getting in the news or in the press and that's all it was. But it was just about you saying, you calling out how daring it was to say whether it does well or not, it's a mention. And I remember right. saying in that one, you were like, you know, we look forward to see what happens. So it's a great opportunity to just give people a visual of what we're talking about with this Moldy Whopper campaign. Picture a video, you know, uh, I, I won't even call it a spot. It was, I think it was more like online content. So it was a, a time lapse video of a Whopper slowly rotating over a 29-day period, I think it was 29 days, in like whatever it was, 30 seconds, was time-lapse. So you actually, in that short amount of time, watched the mold grow on a Whopper. And it was actually repulsive. and Or beautiful. Or beautiful. And that was, I think, what the risk was, to Lindsay's point, was that it was it was the complete antithesis of how... Fast food is typically marketed, even by Burger King, and they took a big risk and kudos to them for waiting till it was time. But we'll put a link up, you have to see this, you cannot, you cannot take your eyes off it. Well, it doesn't take long, you are watching something mold. And it's it's that what am I looking at? And then when you see the messaging, that really is about, well, this is what happens because we have no artificial ingredients. Like It's like, you know, people can love it or people can hate it. Um, so I thought that was really important because from a creative standpoint, that's how it's brilliant to me. But I think where, where we'll go with this is talk about, you know, how w- what it was actually there to do and how it did in certain ways based on what work is celebrating.
1: Yeah, so they say in recent years, Burger King has gained a reputation for pushing the boundaries of creativity. While the moldy whopper divided industry opinion at the time, Mikado believes there's a certain level of criticism is simply a side effect of doing something relevant, which I completely yeah. agree. Yeah. All of the time brands say to me, we want to push the envelope, we want to do this, we want to be hyper relevant, and we want to join the conversation. But they're not actually ever willing to say anything that could even stir even the slightest amount of tension or criticism. But this is, as they say, the result of doing something that's highly relevant. So they say many people, yeah, yeah, many people may look from the outside and feel that we are just doing crazy stuff or cool stuff. But the reality is, there's a method and a strategy behind the madness. Moldy Whopper was a cherry on the cake, it crowned the strategy around improving the quality of our food. That was just how we communicated it. We had been working for years to get it to that point.
0: Yeah. And I think that's so great that it's been called out because you noticed it and you're like, we'll see how it goes. But you were, you know, you're just calling it out because like it's, some would say brilliant because it's it's trying to do something. It's not just trying to tell a story or talk about the brand. They did something, they recorded it, and they shared that. And I love that. Yeah.
1: And it all ladders back to their purpose of um, creating clean food without artificial, you know, preservatives and things like that. So it's purpose-led It took a long time for them to get there. And this was simply the way that they showcased and celebrated. So I love this. um, And I love that work as well has brought it forth as one of their uh, really impactful campaigns they wanted to share. Love it.
0: I'm so glad it came back. It's almost like a year later, something that was hot news in the industry um, is now back.
1: Yeah, we love these because as soon as we see something like this pop up, we're like, Oh, what are they doing? What is it? And is it going to be effective and why will it work? So now that they come back after these award shows and things like that, they talk about why the results and why things actually were effective. I think that's what we're more interested in. And when we saw it at the time, we're like, Oh, this is going to be something that's going to move the needle.
0: Yeah. People need to start understanding that this doesn't come from a creative team going away and coming back with something brilliant. It comes from a lot of work. A lot of strategy, and then when all the work has been done, and there's a clear understanding of the way you want to impact the audience and what they're looking for, and what you think will really get their attention and, and and impact their behavior, that work is all done before you. Then that enables a brilliant idea to really be daring. But it's it's daring to move our needle in the direction it needs to move as a business. And just like the CMO said, we're not ready yet. You know, it just goes to show that. An idea by itself is not what makes something creative.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Said the former creative. I say former creative director. I'm still a creative director. (laughs) Depends whatever you pay me. That's awesome.
1: Okay, so what did you see in here, Sean, that you liked?
0: Um, So we get through it all and I get to the end. And there's this piece um, titled Pandemic Positives and the Overview Effect. And the overview effect is in quotes I'm using air quotes can you see them I can and what I lindsay and i them. what lindsay and i love is bigger thinking right when something comes from whether it's true psychology whether you know yes. it, it's his, historically sort of what and it's applied or learned from a whole different context so i see the overview effect i'm like oh what's this and um the piece is written by karen crumb who is the global brand strategy director uh mccann and mccann worldwide so i'll just read right from the beginning because she says it beautifully i've always been fascinated by this overview effect it was a term coined in the 1970s by author frank white to try and explain the profound cognitive shift Oh, that's psychology. That happens when astronauts first see Earth from space. What? And my, my head exploded. I'm like, what are you talking about? From moldy whopper to this? Yeah. In the early Apollo missions, the focus was on the target ahead, reaching the stars and landing on the moon. No one was thinking much about looking back at Earth or the impact that might have on the astronauts. But the sentiment shared by Edgar Mitchell, an astronaut on the Apollo 14 mission, is echoed by the majority of the astronauts. You develop an instant global consciousness, a people-oriented, an intense dissatisfaction with the state of the world, and a compulsion to do something about it.
1: Wild. Yeah, like they're just
0: about where you're going, not where you've been, right? And to literally be able to contextualize it in a real experience that none of us will ever experience, but it's like right from the the mouths of those who've experienced it. And the majority of them did feel this, and it wasn't even something that they would know to exist. Right. And then she says, For me, this has been the main pandemic positive. We all collectively experienced our own version of the overview effect. It's so Uh, true. I know. (laughs) Lindsay more than most.
1: I was like, Oh my goodness. Karen Crum from McCann has been living in my mind.
0: Only we didn't have to go into space, but we were forced to see the bigger picture of how so many of the systems that humans rely on are not fit for purpose. Yeah. Right? The absurdities. The stark realities of how life for too many people means being set up to fail instead of set up to succeed The inequalities and discrimination that are baked into everyday life. Twenty-six percent of people globally believe that social divides are a worse threat than COVID, and a third of people say that COVID has only emphasized existing inequalities.
1: So true. It's been such an eye-opening year.
0: It's just one little thing that happened. I know it's big, but moment in time. It's not the. It's not COVID. It's what COVID has. Forced us to see and what kind of impact is that going to have? That's what's exciting. That's what's fascinating, right?
1: And that's what you just hope people are going to do something long term with, you know, that that feeling actually sticks.
0: Yeah. And I think the more you can identify that that has happened, those who are more woke and kind of seeing the good and, you know, where you're not going to go back to. It's the that kind of awareness versus those who are a little less woke and really just about, let's just get through this and let's get back to normal life. Um, so I, I I really love this. What I'll jump to is where she kind of makes that sort of transition to, there's a quote here that says, we have a responsibility as a collective to show the power and impact of creative thinking. And basically that moment is where When we talk about, you know, innovation happens under pressure when there's time constraints and all that stuff. That's creativity. You cannot rush creativity, but creativity happens when there is a time pressure, but the pressure can't be on the creativity. The pressure has to be on the challenge and creativity is the way around or through that challenge. And that's like you said, it's a totally valid fear to say, okay, well, I guess it's all a bit on the creatives. No, 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 Everybody has to be creative. Mm -hmm. And those who are maybe more amenable or talented as it relates to coming up with how that creatively manifests. Absolutely. But man, it just made me feel so much more comfortable with what's ahead and say, don't forget what happened. Think of all those moments and how you're adjusting and how do you put that forward in positive ways? Yeah. And don't forget the good and don't forget the bad, but move it towards good. So I I was just really shaken by this. I loved it. Um, It says here, it says, okay, we have a responsibility as a collective to show the power and impact of creative thinking. Arguably, maybe we'll need them to play an even bigger role if we want to show the world the impact that great creative ideas can have at changing the status quo. I'm excited to see what comes next from getting businesses and brands to focus on renewal. And I'm optimistic that because of this, we'll see an emergence of groundbreaking ideas and brand strategies designed to solve the head on fire problems (laughs) that the world and people are facing. Namaste.
1: Yeah. Amen. Sister.
0: Do you feel better now? I feel better.
1: Kind of. (laughs) Well, that's really where she says, Excited about getting businesses and brands to focus on renewal. I think that's, I feel like, our main initiative. Like, yes. it's a new normal. It's not stepping backwards. What does renewal mean? What does the next phase mean? How do we learn from what we've just been through and have that be a positive impact on the future of businesses and brands and people?
0: And I think that's the whole idea of absolutely, the, when you think of the astronaut analogy or experience, it's about there is a negative sort of feeling but that negative feeling this whole overview effect is how it just helps you gain better perspective. Right. Right? And then turn that, that you into You then positive. have to
1: do something with.
0: Yes, in your own way and think about it. It's that moment of reflection and I just think, you know, this is something I definitely would say apply in my day-to-day life, but it's just so nice to see as a member of the creative community within this world of marketing. I really love that we can take this sort of life lesson and really inspire the work that we do, right? This is the opportunity when you take that moment and you miss what was, and you're scared of what's new is kind of think of that and say, but what do I not miss and what has to change? What do I refuse to let happen again and Mm -hmm. turn that into something that's just focus on, then this is, this is the dent I want to make. Um, And a brand brands, especially the big brands of all sizes, that is an opportunity for you to play.
1: Agreed. Well, I'm sure there's going to be more to come from us on the overview effect because now I'm going to spend the entire day and weekend reading about it, and we're going to have to eventually talk about it again. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. So stay tuned for that. It'll be really exciting. This is this is an awesome insight that I can't wait to explore.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm needle pointing it and putting it on my wall. It's a lot oh, of words. Oh,
1: cool. Can you make <laughs> me one? I'll buy it off Etsy. Okay. From you. <laughs> Oh, yeah, right. great. Thank you. Thank you, awesome Lindsay. Awesome chat today. Thank you so much.
0: Take care, everyone. Have a great week.
1: Have a great week. Talk soon.
0: That's it for this episode, my fellow marketeers. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it.
1: If you did, subscribe to this podcast at thetwomarketeers.ca.
0: That's thetwomarketeers.ca. Spell it out.
1: Be sure to tune in for more marketing adventures every month from us, the Two Marketeers. But you can just call us Sean and Lindsay.
0: Actually, I would prefer wise guy.
1: Yeah, I, I know you would. We're not we're not doing that.